fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Hey, this is Sharks Across Hollywood, and I guess we're pre-gaming for Halloween like a whole month in advance right now, because we're doing The Craft this week, and then next week we'll be doing Clerks, and then the week after that, Dinner in America, so it's a horror movie and two comedies, and then that'll lead us right into Halloween. This movie does take place in the 90s, and it came out in the 90s. Very much so. And it's a very, very 90s movie. This movie is so fucking 90s, it's shameless. I'm watching it, and fucking everything about this movie is the 90s. Robin Tunney, is it Tunney or Tunney? I never know how to pronounce her name. I just call, I say, I say Tunney, I just just assume that's what it is i don't think i've ever heard it before okay well her character's house is like just exactly that style that was huge in the fucking late 90s my mom bought a house right at that time with her boyfriend and it was like trying to be her house from this movie she she secretly watched this movie even though i'm very sure that she was not on board with this even though this movie came out a year after she bought the house oh well she was there when they were filming it that's that's what it was I don't That's know probably why. true. My mom did spend a lot of time in L.A. in the 90s. You know, I mean, opticians were in were in huge demand. They were getting flown all over the country to to sell and fit eyeglasses. What a cool job. <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic. Nope, not at all. <laughs> the craft. Yes, it has. A, it has a very 90s cast, too. There's Feruza Bulk. There's Rachel True, who you may know from Half-Baked, but. She was also in another movie that we did. Uh, she was the one of the pilots in Sharknado 2. Yes, she was. And then, of course, you have Nev Campbell, who, like... Never did anything else. In the same year, she was also in Scream. I actually forgot to check what the release dates were on these. On December 20th, Scream was apparently a Christmas movie. The Craft came out on May 3rd of 96, so Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich both went from one teen horror movie to another one. Of I'm kind of surprised more of the cast didn't end up in Scream, because well, this movie is, like straight 90s teen casting like these people so many of these faces would show up in so many other movies oh yeah brecken meyer that dude also oh my god him and his him and his little buddy they're the two most annoying people on the fucking planet and they have nothing to do except make snarky comments except they're not funny <laughs> i don't know i think it's kind of funny in like a in a douchey way they're funny because they're such obvious assholes but they're so clearly like just that is their element i don't know i found it funny i i thought breckenmeyer was great in this as a complete asshole they're acting the way i did when i first learned how to be sarcastic yes which is very <laughs> on brand for teenagers because teenagers are just learning how to be sarcastic it kind of seems like they're the popular kids but we never actually see them interacting in a way that indicates they're popular with anybody other than the three of them no chris is on the football team but yes. other than that that's about it and so like that's an indicator that he would be one of the popular kids but again we never see them being treated as popular kids by literally anybody but the outsiders who we're following i don't think i've ever looked at skeet ulrich and been like hey he's an interesting guy i like him but he's really good in scream nobody's on quite the level of anybody in scream in this movie scream is definitely a more well-crafted 
piece of horror. This is very enjoyable. I really, I really, really liked watching it, but it's definitely no Scream. There's a reason this one's a cult movie and Scream is a fucking juggernaut horror franchise, right? Because it's a better movie. And we've, but we've already talked about it. We talked about it earlier this year, in fact. Nev Campbell was smart. She got the lead in the big one and uh, was, you know, kind of cutting her teeth on this one. And everybody's like, who the fuck's Robin Tunney? <laughs> Not really. She was in Empire Records. Actually, she was filmed. She just got. She had just gotten done filming Empire Records, I believe. So she's wearing a wig through the whole movie, which is weird. Uh huh. Yeah, because she buzzed her head for that one. It's a good wig. I never really noticed. This was the first time I noticed. Like I'm watching it, I'm going, yeah. There's definitely something off about that hair. It's not quite right. And I didn't remember what you said about Empire Records, but I could tell there was something off about her hair, and I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? And so then as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Empire Records. That, that's another one that I still have never watched, but I need to. Being being the fan of 90s shit that I am, I should probably get on that. It's very much like this in that it's not as good as some of the other movies that came out at that time. But there's definitely a very watchable quality to it. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing with this. Like a lot. Of, <laughs> apparently, this movie did not get reviewed well when it came out. Go figure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got some problems, you know, from like a structural standpoint, because if you think about it, not much really happens. And the character's motivations are extremely simplistic. If I had written the script, I would always feel like it needed another draft. <laughs> but I could totally see myself writing a script like this. But yeah, I would always feel like it needed another draft because as it is, it just doesn't feel like a satisfying story, which isn't to say it's not a bucket of fun to watch because it 100% is start to finish. I enjoyed every second of this. But as someone who's tried to write scripts, I would feel the same way about this as I feel about some of the scripts I've written that I'm like, yeah, those those aren't quite right. I don't know what it is. It is a bad movie, but it's a good bad movie. Like it's it's actually it's kind of scary, but it, it's it's that scary that your kids can watch. This is this is baby's first horror movie territory. Very much so, yeah. Also a PG-13 movie that got an R rating specifically for the fact that the girls were doing witchy stuff. Seriously? This is rated R? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I always just kind of accepted that it was rated R, thinking it was a lot dirtier, like like more R-rated than it actually was. But I, I just read a thing, and they're like, it's it's rated R, but only because of the witch stuff. And I'm I'm watching it this time, and I'm like, yeah, okay, there's one fuck, there's no nudity, there's there's an attempted rape scene, there's it, it's got all the it's got all the PG-13 teen horror movie hallmarks, you know, it's got all the stuff. If you had asked me five minutes ago what this was rated. With the IMDb page open in front of me, I would have said PG-13, obviously. It's like Army of Darkness. It's a PG-13 movie, but somebody just had a stick up their ass that day. <laughs> I was <laughs> positive this was PG-13. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. The MPAA in the 90s was really, really, really trying to make up for the shit they let slide in the early 80s still. <laughs> yeah. Now, Scream, that's an R-rated movie. Yeah. Yeah. Scream only... is solidly R. Yeah. Because of the violence and there's there's lots of there's lots of naughty language in there. No boobs, but you know we we get a lot of a lot of fucks. So you know, yeah, and a lot of gore. So yeah, Scream is solidly in the R camp. But this this is fluff, man. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's good, scary. The climax is fantastic. I love the the whole thing with the snakes and the bugs and the rats and oh. all that shit. Oh yeah. my god. That is so creepy. It's that was super well done. That's one of the that's one of the best like vermin I I guess 
for lack of a better word, I'll, I'll steal the Warhammer. I think it's a Warhammer word, vermin tide, you know, <laughs> where like there's just this wave of just vermin fucking everywhere. They're inescapable. It's one of the best executions of that concept I've ever seen. And it was the mid 90s and it was a low budget, I think, independent film. So there wasn't a whole lot of CGI going on in here. So that shit was those snakes were real. I don't think all the all the yeah, rodents and- were real, but some of them were. No, I think you Wait. know what? Yeah, there's snakes and scorpions and rats and all sorts of creatures just running around in that last sequence. The movie opens with like candles and there's witchy shit and there's a pentagram and there's all <laughs> sorts of stuff and it's it's <laughs> it's three of the main girls chanting and doing some witchy stuff. I'm going to say that a lot because that's what it is and I don't understand any of it. And then this movie turns into the fucking 90s thing you've ever seen just immediately it's one of those super boring dumb pointless fucking opening credit sequences where it's just clouds and text i'm talking about between them you know doing their little shit around the pentagram and stuff because that's all like done in like this top shot where you just see the pentagram or maybe it's a pentacle i don't know in their center and then they're reaching across they're doing these things they're placing stones and they're lighting candles and shit but then there's like this rapid flash through all these like i don't know through like an explosion and like a a bunch of snakes and then lightning and it rapid flashes through all this ridiculous stock footage so it's all the stuff that's going to happen in the movie later like it rapid flashes through all that to the clouds and then it like brings the title in like oh yeah it does do that and then a very 90s alternative rock song oh yeah i remember this soundtrack getting advertised this soundtrack is fucking 90s as hell grunge had died and it but it was like in movies like this it was still like sort of hanging on (laughs) <laughs> a little it's bit kinda, it's kind of a little bit it's that post grunge bush sounding shit yeah exactly and it, it it was moving into like all the um like kurt had kurt had died and then billy joe from green day had taken his place there's a joke in a in a documentary about punk rock that billy joe killed grunge and he like <laughs> he kind of did a little bit and you know eddie vetter and chris cornell had gotten together and done temple of the dog and and oh and then all the music sort of took this turn where it became way more poppy for a minute mainly because it was record companies trying to capitalize on the alternative label you know and suddenly mtv is flooded with all these ridiculous um but they don't you know, want manufactured it. grunge bands they don't want it too edgy because because kurt had that that guy had just killed himself so we need to <laughs> exactly we, we need to tone it down like we need to keep the edge just just sharp enough also they were definitely aiming this at the teenage crowd not at i mean by which i mean like the the young teenage crowd the i'm gonna watch this pg-13 movie even though my parents won't let me crowd you know so basically like 10 years old to about 14 years old <laughs> this is another one of those movies that my sister brought home that i'd never actually watched until i was older i just remember her renting it and i want to be clear i'm not trying to shit on this movie i again really enjoyed this it sounds in my own head like i'm trying to shit on it but i'm genuinely not <laughs> this is another movie like like power rangers the movie where i like it a lot so i feel like i'm justified to make fun of it i have no problem making yeah. fun of it i just don't want the audience to misunderstand me the audience like anybody's fucking listening you hear that all you people listening he just called you nobody what are you gonna do about it you know what you're gonna do you're gonna give us a dollar that would prove you exist yes after patreon.com slash sharks across hollywood so robin tunney who is playing a character named sarah she's on a plane Ooh, she's moving to 
LA with her dad and I think her stepmom. Her stepmom doesn't actually do anything. You just get the sense that it's not her actual mom, but she's really not into her, but she doesn't do anything. She has like maybe a word or two to say, but I don't think she actually says anything either. Yeah, this is one of those underwritten relationships where I think a uh, uh, more, I, I hate to say a more competent storyteller, but a more competent storyteller would have uh, maybe tried to get another 20 in this movie so we could get <laughs> so we could have some interaction beyond just like the absolute strip down to its minimum level that we get between these characters. Yeah, you but only actually see her like maybe twice. Twice might be a stretch. Well, no. OK, I we see her on the plane. We see her get out of the cab. We see her walk into the house and say damask curtains would work great in here oh that's right pretty sure that's it that's it that's the line and then she's mentioned later when uh, the dad drops her off at school and he's like well whatever her name is she'll pick you up and she's like i'll walk good relationship needless to say (laughs) the relationship is a tad fraught as they're moving all their shit in like sarah's kind of looking at the stuff that i apparently i don't know maybe she's got to bring it upstairs or something but there's like a dude standing at her door he like because the door's like wide open because they're moving shit in and he just goes hey he's like hey you want this it's <laughs> like trying to foist his snake on her an actual snake by the way not his penis yes it is an act it, it's an actual snake oh by the way that reminds me when they're driving up to the house did you see that giant fucking boa crawling down that tree wait the, at the beginning where of the, the movie? F- where the fuck in america are they that i mean i guess maybe louisiana or florida but yeah there's this giant fucking boa or probably a probably a python actually climbing on this tree as they're pulling up to the house well they're in they're supposed to be in like la but uh, maybe maybe it's maybe it's sarah having one of her one of her uh things where she says sometimes she dreams about snakes but when she wakes up they're still there oh yeah you know i guess i forgot about that yeah that's a fair point okay you know what i'll give it to him or they just had it it that day and they're like let's put it in the fucking tree (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was thinking i was like I was like, the director just wanted to set a tone here, but it makes no goddamn sense. This is California. I don't think they have wild pythons just rolling around in the trees. I'm going to say probably not, but you know, her, the Florida, I would buy it. Oh, yeah, there's there's some weird shit in Tennessee and like all down south and stuff. But this guy, you know, freaks her out. Sarah's screaming. She's like, oh my God, what the fuck? And she's like, dad, come, come save me. Dad comes down. He's like, you weird dude get the fuck out of here it's the only thing her dad does in the movie too aside from driver to school now it's the first day of school well the first day for sarah i don't know about for anybody else yeah dad's like you know you don't have to go she's like fucking just fuck off dad i'm not hanging out in the house with you and that fucking bitch all day <laughs> that's, that's the, the subtext yeah uh she has no uniform and the dad's like you know you don't have to go like 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 he said she's like it's fine i'm going and i'm like uh, you don't have a uniform. You look like a fucking idiot. Like, why are you going to school right now? That seems dumb. And it's a Catholic school because they're witches. Get it? So they need to. They need that juxtaposition, which fucking does nothing. There's zero things that happen with that. You feel like something is going to happen, but then it just doesn't. Like nobody says shit. Nope. Nobody. <laughs> you know. I mean, aside from people being like, yeah, they're into the devil and shit. But kids in regular school would have done that. They literally. They put him in Catholic school to get him in those skirts. That's why they did it. Not really mad at that. I uh, can't. No, I don't hate it. Yeah. I'm just saying that's why they did it. So we meet Breckenmeyer and Skeet Ulrich and the other guy whose name I don't fucking know. There's three girls. They're very special girls. They're, they're our main girls. They're talking about, ooh, there's supposed to be something arriving. They're, they're talking about the arrival of something. And they're like, well, we don't know what it is. And they're like, it's probably our fourth. We're going to go to French class. How modern. That's a joke. From, <laughs> from uh, uh, yes, Street Sing episode. Street. <laughs> <laughs> 
Breckenmeyer is being a douche again. That's his whole fucking job. He's like saying French words, and I don't speak French, so I don't know what the fuck anybody's saying right now. <laughs> I actually got about 20%. So Bonnie, who is Nev Campbell's character, and she's got scars on her arms and her back and shit. And that's so she's walking around in this gigantic fucking coat, which looks really hot for L.A. Well, she needs to cover herself up because she feels self-conscious. So she's willing to be a little warm, which with the fucking assholes in that school, I totally get it. That's fair. These guys kind of go out of their way to make sure on day one that uh, Sarah is immediately acquainted with the kind of assholes that they are. Uh, except in this scene, Sarah's kind of spacing out already, and who wouldn't be when it's just like the teacher and that douche talking. And she's like playing with her pencil, and then she starts kind of, she lets it go, and then it's standing up by itself, and then it's like spinning around on the table or whatever. And Bonnie, uh, she sees it, and she's she's watching, and then I said she has a little mini orgasm, because she like gasps. It's kind of hot, <laughs> not going to lie. Not going to lie, because Nev Campbell is so fucking cute like she has that perfect innocent girl thing going on there's there's that is 100 percent. this this movie had to be like at least part of the reason she got cast in scream because like she has that perfect little baby face she, yeah i'm gonna she, agree with you on that she has yes. final girl written all over her and she also has nothing to do in this movie pretty much it's kind of a bummer how i mean her and rachel true both just kind of i mean i understand that it's their role to just be nancy's minions but I don't know. I feel like they deserve better than that, both of them. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Neither of them, and we'll we'll get to some of the stuff that should have happened. Probably this is just this is just a day, a day at school. We get to science class, chemistry, fucking biology, whatever. There's sciencey stuff happening in in the Catholic school. Ooh, I bet that's fucking interesting. I did like that pencil or the effect with the pencil, though. Oh, it was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously a really simple effect to do. You know, you just have the thing going through the desk to make it turn and everything but it looked really good they did a good job with it we get a little bit more of them in in their science class uh sarah walks in the three girls are sitting there and she needs to find like lab partners or a lab group or whatever and she's you know sarah's like sarah immediately is just drawn to them for some reason she walks past several tables full of people to specifically ask these three girls hey can i be in your group and nancy's like fuck no she doesn't say fuck no she just gives her a fuck you gaze and she's really good at it by the way <laughs> that's her face that's just kind of what can she tell, looks like <laughs> you can tell Feruzabal kind of grew up a weirdo so she like really connected with this character well you kind of can see what's gonna happen the second Sarah and Nancy first like fucking lay eyes on each other she looks at Sarah as a tool to be used to the end she needs her for but she does not like her <laughs> no. at all uh there there are a couple moments where they're like oh hey we're cool we're friends now and then you're like okay maybe maybe it's not going to go in that direction and it's like nope we're we're not friends this is a utilitarian relationship <laughs> that scene's pretty quick and all, the, her two friends nancy's two friends are like like or bonnie and uh rochelle they're both like why are you being such a bitch <laughs> like she, we, we need her she's like we don't need shit she doesn't really say that. It's a PG-13 movie. You got to kind of keep that stuff to a minimum. We cut to lunch and then Chris ends up talking to Sarah. He just walks right up to her and says, hey, baby, you want to like fuck later? <laughs> Not in so many words, but basically. He pretend—he basically pretends to apologize for his dumb friends in French class being all weird. And he's doing that because they're playing the good cop bad cop thing he's like hey they're douchebags they're my friends but like i'm not like them i'm mature and sophisticated so you can fuck yeah. me this dude's way worse because he's <laughs> shit what's the word i'm looking for rapey 
No, not just that. He's definitely that, but he's uh, calculating. The yeah, other guys are too dumb, or at least they come off as too dumb to calculate. He's calculating. Yeah, those other two guys are virgins for sure. And- oh, 100%. Especially Brecken Meyer with his, <laughs> oh, yeah, buku laid. Like, <laughs> fuck you, dude. Lies. I haven't even seen a pussy. This is before the internet took off, so he yeah. literally hasn't even seen a pussy. It was hard. He could have if he stole his mom's credit card. Um, That's assuming they even had a computer. Most homes didn't at that point. He snuck the school. He stole his mom's credit card and went to the school, and that was before, oh, they, before okay. they had the blockers on there. All right. The, no, yeah, yeah, that was way before uh, web blocking software even existed. Somebody who's listening, tell us when that shit was invented, because that's actually that's kind of interesting to know. I'm, I'm curious now. Chris then tells Sarah to stay away from those three girls, because <laughs> they're witches. She's like, you're full of shit. And he, he says, you know, uh, are you doing anything later? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, I'm busy. I hate that. I hate this fucking I hate this thing. He's like, well, I'm busy. I I have football practice, but you can come and watch. And Sarah's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Except I am because you're making me tingly (laughs) in places. The way he says, you can come watch. I'm just like, fuck you. He's smarmy. I don't like him. (laughs) Cut to football practice. And Sarah's there watching him. And he's in pants. Why is everybody dressed so weird? This is L.A. I'm sure it wasn't actually shot in L.A., which is probably a thing. (laughs) everybody's cold and shit or maybe it was was shot shot in la and i'm just full of shit it was shot in ontario or something so the three girls i call them the witches they're the the witches the bitches of eastwick as chris would call them Uh, (laughs) that's actually a pretty clever line (laughs) and they come and they ask sarah to tag along with them to where they go and do stuff oh chris earlier said like nancy that girl she's a slut i don't know from experience but but then nancy of course comes up to sarah she's like i know from experience he is bad news who do we believe here Nancy. I yeah. believe Nancy because I you know, 100% believe Nancy. Chris is, she's full of shit, but he is actually full of shit. She's shady as fuck, but he <laughs> is 100% smarmy. They're walking to the store and they see that Sarah cuts her, has, has, she has scars on her wrists. She's like, yeah, I used to, I used to cut my wrists. And then Bonnie's like, Ooh, the right way. Like, okay, yeah, you okay, even did it the right me. way. And then Rochelle's like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? And yeah, and I'm like, the right way for what? Like, because she did it the right way to kill herself, which is obviously like something that'll come into play later, which happens the wrong way. I'm so confused about this. (laughs) (laughs) You noticed that, right? Yeah, I did. (laughs) I had the exact same thought. I was like, oh, that's the wrong way. That's going to close right up. Like, it's super disturbing, the implication of it. But yeah, like... (laughs) My next note is, it's a magic witch store, because I don't know what the fuck they're called. A pagan shop, I guess? I don't know. Feruza Balk's place is called Panpipe's Magical Marketplace. Sarah tries to look in the back room. There's, like, this room that's covered up with these blankets, and then the the store lady who has a name that I can't remember. It's a cool name, but still, fuck it. Lario or something? I don't remember, but it's very moody. They (laughs) They did a good job with that set. Like, it definitely feels like a Wiccan lives there. Yeah, they're doing a good job setting up the MacGuffin of the back room here. Which is such a non... Like, it doesn't go anywhere. She gets in there eventually, but... But nothing happens. And then she's gone. And then the thing that was supposed to happen there, she just ends up doing it in her bedroom. Which makes it sound like a way different movie if... If you don't know what we're talking about. So Bonnie hands Sarah this, this like diary thing. And Sarah's like, fuck that. I already have a diary. She's like, it's not like this. You write down your spells and your whatevers. You don't show them to anybody except maybe us. Cause Bonnie wants her to be, wants to be her friend. They, I think Bonnie likes her a little bit for right now. I mean, I, I don't think Bonnie and Rochelle have any malicious intent. They're just gonna, especially as Nancy gets her power and gets more powerful. They're just kind of, she's the strong character that they gravitate towards. 
you know. And so now we've got Sarah over here who I'm not going to call her a strong character, but she's our protagonist. She's a frustratingly weak character for most of this movie. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so like I think they at the beginning anyway, they genuinely just want to be friends. Yeah. So instead of stealing the book like like these three girls would sarah actually pays for it but i think she only pays for it because she gets caught but then she also might be the type that would like wait for the wait for the three other girls to leave and just kind of be like here i'm gonna buy this yeah i that's the impression that i got i got the impression she was going to pay for it and she was just waiting for her friends to look away also two books and a bunch of candles for twenty dollars what the fuck that was exactly what i thought i was like geez man Take me back to 90s prices. Oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. So now they're walking down the street, uh, and it's nighttime. I don't know how the fuck... I don't know what the hell they were doing. But they run into the creepy homeless guy with the snake from the beginning of the movie. And this time, he's like, I had a dream about you. And I'm wondering, I'm like... Did he actually have a dream about her? Or is he just being weird? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely homeless and crazy. um, But he's got a snake. Yeah. I'm wondering if he's not like a metaphor. He's her real dad. (laughs) switched at birth huh (laughs) yeah that's it (laughs) he says he had a dream about her in that and in the dream she was dead and she's like get the fuck away from me dude and she runs but then there's this asshole priest and he's like come back to jesus or whatever i'm like jesus christ like this girl can't catch a fucking break can she she has wacko wacko (laughs) snake homeless guy and then fucking jesus freak over there yelling at her the girls all cross the street and like sarah runs across the street and she's being kind of followed slash chased by this dude he gets hit by a car and it's implied that sarah was responsible but the girls are all kind of talking about it in the next scene and they're like well i wish for it to happen i wish for it to happen and i wish for it to happen and we all wish for it to happen and therefore we can make things happen it's not because you were all wishing that some creepy asshole following you around was gonna get like wasted by somebody in fairness if you get enough creepy assholes following you around on enough busy streets, eventually one of them is going to get hit by a car. Yeah, and it's L.A. I'm sure that happens all the time. But, you know, that's teenage optimism for you. That's what it is, even though all these girls are in their 20s. Yeah, it's 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 the 90s high schooler. They're all 20-ish, <laughs> at least. So we hear about Manol, uh, who is not a god. If God and the devil were playing football, <laughs> Manol would be the stadium that they played on. <laughs> that has... One of those fantastic lines that you come across every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> and Nancy is all about it. Like Feruza Bulk is all in on this thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. She is. She is sold, sold. Nev Campbell has this line that is that is one of those fantastic, ironic statements where she's like, "Not nah, he's not God. Man invented God. Manon is older than that. I'm like, OK. Like, what does that mean? Exactly. I, <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm 100 percent fine with this universe creating its its gods and stuff like that i don't have a problem with that but uh are are, are you saying yeah man invented god but this one is 100 percent legit this one i this one i happen to believe in totally legit yeah that's like, what it, that's okay. what every religion is like <laughs> i remember one time i i I had a year where I spent a lot of time listening to the local college radio station because they had some weird and interesting things on there and there was this one I can't remember what they called it, but it was basically like the pagan hour, right? Where these this pair of people who were into paganism and, and witchcraft and stuff would talk. And it was a lot of venting of frustrations, which I totally understand. <laughs> and they have this conversation that culminated in one of the funniest things, funniest moments I've ever had for me. Like, I think I've laughed harder maybe six times in my life. They're going on about Zeus and 
Odin, and they're talking about all of these Greek and Norse gods and stuff, right? Like they're talking about, yeah, like we should have a, a celebration for this person and this, and this thing, right? And they're going on about this very seriously for about five minutes. And then the guy says, he, he says something about the Christian God. And then he goes, which is, which is fictional, by the way. And I just fucking started shitting myself laughing in my car. <laughs> Because he's just spent like 10 minutes going on about how these Greek gods and Norse gods and stuff, they're they're totally legit, like unironically, just like with conviction. So, yeah, I love stuff like that. That that shit cracks me up. We learn that Sarah may be a natural witch because she's like after after they all say, well, we thought it. So we made it happen. Has anything like that ever happened to you? And she's like, yeah, well, sometimes, uh, you know, when I want it to rain, a pipe will burst in my bedroom. Or what does she say when she wants to ignore somebody? Somebody she'll like go deaf for three days and she'll wish for it. Or no, she says, like, sometimes I'll wish everybody would just shut the hell up. Oh, yeah. And then I'll go deaf for three days. And Nancy is like that's bullshit but like in her nancy way it's very hard <laughs> feruza bulk has has like the most interesting delivery she has she has, I, a, she has a way she delivers stuff and it's kind of the same and everything but it's interesting i think she's really really perfect in this you're right it it is kind of the same in a lot of the different stuff she does but she just happened to be playing the perfect character for her in this movie well yeah she she has she has a thing like just in general yeah very much so but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. She just can't, she's like, oh, it's, oh, bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, and she is jealous because I think she knows. As I hell. think she thinks oh it's true. God. Also, she like, oh no, this bitch. I uh, like the idea of these two. Like, I I really enjoy the idea of like this this girl who like has made this her entire identity. She's just dedicated herself to this thing. Like, has obsessed with it in in this attempt to cope with this horrible life she's got and then you've got this girl who hasn't done shit and just has everything that this girl wants and she's just fucking furious with jealousy over it you know so i think that dynamic was set up really well it's unfortunate that the script isn't as well written as that concept but yeah like that's that's a really fun idea to play with it justifies <laughs> that tension between them so well i just wish sarah was a more interesting character because she really isn't that interesting. No, she does not have a lot going on, does she? No, Nancy's a way more interesting character. They ask if Sarah has ever tried invoking the spirit. I think Nancy asks her. Yeah, she introduces the idea. And Sarah says, no, she's never tried that. And she's like, that's all bullshit. That's not real. That can't happen. And and Nancy, like, about comes in her pants explaining what it is. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. like she is into it dude yeah she is chewing the shit out of the scenery and it's fucking <laughs> it's fun it's fun i like her a lot then sarah just takes off she's like i'm getting freaked out i'm gonna leave now <laughs> but yeah, it's a little too much and i understand nancy's intensity would scare the shit out of me too at that age oh dude especially with this kind of stuff i one time i went into a pagan store and it was at the peak of my christian boy days i was so fucking uncomfortable i'm like Dude, we need to go. This is fucking weird, and I don't like it, and I don't feel good in here. Now I could go in there and fucking summon whatever demons I feel like, and I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, because you're more confident in who you are at this point. At that point, you don't know who you are, and you're like, well, I've kind of latched onto this idea a little, and this completely challenges that, and I'm not ready for that kind of a fucking oh, challenge, dude, man. No, if it, it, it 
And it was my Christian girlfriend who I who made me go into this store. And she seemed fine with it. Why? I don't fucking remember. I think maybe we were... You know what? I think it was when we went to Texas, too. The internet's a scary place. She wanted to go meet her friend in real oh, life. A little bit, huh? That she met She met on Neopets. Do you remember Neopets? And I'm like... Is this, is this going to turn into a horror story? Unfortunately not. Okay. But I'm like... Unfortunately? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I told her, I'm like, I'm not going to let you do that alone. I will go with you because that's fucking weird. Because this chick also had a husband and stuff. We were like 19, maybe 18, 19, somewhere in there. And she she was married. And we get there. They're normal fucking dorks, right? They're into witchcraft and dungeons and dragons and shit. I made the joke <laughs> a bunch. I'm like, we're going to get murdered when we go there, right? He's going to have it. They're, they're going to have axes and they're going to chop us up. You know what they happen to have all over their walls? <laughs> Swords and axes and shit. Fucking axes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but they're, they're all in, they're into dungeons and dragons and medieval knights and shit. We, they even took us to medieval times, which was kind of awesome. But <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah. I've never been to medieval times. I got to say, there's a part of me that wants to go, but the older I get, the more pathetic it becomes. Ah, no, nah, it's fun. I'd go again. But- I'd hate to go there alone. I would like to go there with a friend. <laughs> no, yeah, don't go alone. That's kind of sad. No, the food was... I like the, the cable food. guy. Yeah. I eat here five nights a week. Yeah, then you don't want to be him. Yeah, I remember I remember the food was really good, and I had a lot of fun. It, that, that was actually cool. These two were fucking weird, but they're the ones who had us go into this pagan shop, and I'm like, <laughs> I was not feeling it. I didn't really like these people. Anyways, the dude was like... Hey, you know, when they had us play Dungeons and Dragons, and that's the only time I've ever played it. And he's like, you know, you'll get all your hit points back if you uh, flash the Dungeon Master. He was talking to the girlfriend, not me. Oh, it was that creep? Oh, I told you that story before, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, yes, you did. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would suck. So remember, ladies, if you want your hit points back, just show some tits, man. Those fucking douchebags. I didn't have a lot of fun when we went there. Did your girlfriend at least have fun? Yeah, because her and her and that chick got along fucking really well i don't well, think i don't think they ever hung out again came but out of it at least yeah my first trip to texas how fun so Been many times since not once you're not committing to it being your last trip to texas just yet though probably not because not a big not a big texas fan these days yeah texas isn't becoming the tourist destination of our dreams <laughs> given <laughs> all of the recent changes so we cut to Sarah and Skeet Skeet hanging out on the roof. That's Chris, by the way. <laughs> he likes You gotta throw a little you gotta throw a little Lil John in there. Especially when we do a movie with, with Skeet Ulrich in it. It's not Ulrich? Ulrich? I don't know. Fucking Who cares? <laughs> we have, he likes Sarah's head, apparently. Yeah. He's just like, like Yeah. This person has that a weird is a head. creepy serial killer conversation. Yeah. He invites her to his house, and she's like, "No, I don't want to go." She's she's being reasonable. She's just like, "I don't I don't want to go. I don't want to go." He's like, "No, but my parents are out of town, man. It's fine." And he was like, "That head conversation is gonna seal this deal for sure." <laughs> they were kissing, and she seemed to enjoy it, which she did. But she's not just willing to give it up on to a guy, you know, she met that day. Respect <laughs> to her, I guess. I'm the guy who wears the shirt I fuck on the first date, you know. <laughs> Of course you are. And of course, he's an asshole. The next day he tells everybody in the school that they fucked and she was a lousy lay. When in reality, let's admit it, he's a teenage guy. If anybody was a lousy lay, it's fucking him. So we also get our first appearance of Christine Taylor in the movie. Christine Taylor. Okay, wait, who the fuck's Christine Taylor? Ben Stiller's now ex-wife. Oh, that's right. Oh my God. I keep forgetting her name. We've done another yeah. movie with her in it, Showdown. That was actually my thought when I saw her pop up. I was like, holy shit, 
she's fresh off a showdown in this. Nah, it was three years ago. Really? Yeah. That far back? <laughs> yeah. God damn. Sarah confronts Skeet in the hallway. Chris, his name is Chris for fuck's sake. I'm sorry. And <laughs> and his friends, of course, are being dumb. And she's like, dude, would you tell everybody that that didn't happen? He's like, I don't want to see you anymore. Stop begging me. It's de- it's desperate. And it's kind of depressing. I'm like, wow, what a jerk. And she says. And he says it really loud so that it sounds like she. You know, because she's being very cool and being like, yeah. look, could I talk to you in private? And he's like, no, I won't fuck you again. God. <laughs> oh, what an asshole. In fairness, he plays it perfectly. Yes, he does. And then we get the PG-13 one fuck fuck you. But this movie's yep. not rated PG-13. It's rated R because they're doing witchy stuff. They could have gone so much harder on the language. Yeah, they wanted to make a PG-13 movie, and I don't blame them. It's, you don't need, like, this movie doesn't need a million fucks and a bunch of tits to be good, you know? But now that it's rated R, I want a million fucks and a bunch of tits. <laughs> no, now it seems like a waste, right? So we're I sh- mean, especially considering the fact that they were going after, you know, the, the teeny bopper girl audience. It's like, yeah, that that wouldn't have really flown, you know? It's no, like- <laughs> no. Rochelle is on the diving team. Like, I guess, is that what you call it? The diving team? Yeah, I. they don't appear to be swimmers. They're just divers. I mean, obviously they swim, but yeah, they're just diving. But if she's on the diving team, why is she on the diving team if she, if she has such a hard time diving? I don't think she actually has a hard time diving. I think Lauren, Laura, Laura Lizzie, that's Christine. T- yeah, Laura Lizzie is Christine Taylor's name. Uh, I think she's just a bitch, distracts her all the time and fucking gets the attention of the coach because she's a pretty white girl. Part of what you just said is absolutely unquestionably <laughs> true. The other part I don't think is actually true because the coach is shocked when she nails the dive later in the movie when Laura Linney or whatever the fuck her name is, hair is falling <laughs> Laura, out. Laura Lizzie. <laughs> Yeah, and they're and they're all distracted, but then the coach looks over and sees Rochelle dive and she nails it, and the coach is like, Holy fuck. Yeah, it's not entirely clear, is it? It's yeah. Yeah, like all I can wonder is if she's that bad at diving that the coach is impressed by one good dive, like why is she even on the team? Why make high school that much harder on yourself? So like I suck at running and I suck at catching <laughs> and I'm okay at throwing. Running and catching are not my strong suits. So guess what I never went out for? The fucking football team. So we're we're in the <laughs> locker room. This is one of those things that I'm like, people don't talk like this specifically. Like what? Christine Taylor's character is super racist. She's like, oh, look, there's like a pube in my brush. You know, you know what it is? It's just one of Rochelle's nappy hairs. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Rochelle happens to be on the other side of the mirror. And she comes around and she's like, what? Why the fuck don't you like me? Why are you so mean to me? And she's like, okay, seriously, who talks like this? Christine Taylor looks right at Rochelle and goes, I don't like Negroids. It's because they couldn't put the other N-word in there. I know. But again, who does that? <laughs> Chris, they Actually, the script probably had the other one. And Christine Taylor was like, I'm not fucking saying that. Apparently, yeah, the, the race angle was put in later after they cast Rachel True. It wasn't in the original script. They just, they cast her and they're like, oh, hey, we need a thing. And it's, you know, it's good to shine some light on that. It's shit. such low hanging fruit. I don't know. It, it's, it works in the nineties. I mean, it, it works, you know, it's not like racism isn't still around, but racism uh, in the nineties. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It just kind of, it feels a little forced. Like this is one of those didn't want to write an actual <laughs> nuanced rivalry between these two. So no, nothing comes. Let's of just it. have her call her. Let, let's just have her pick on her because she's black. And Bonnie. Then we cut to Bonnie. That 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 scene's over, and Christine Taylor's a bitch, and Rochelle's 
sad about it and she's a she's yep. a bad person so let's we're gonna we're gonna talk about bonnie now and she, with with her burn scars all over her arms and her back and her chest her and her mom are at the hospital getting this like i guess exper- not experimental treatment but kind of it seems like a new treatment they're like it might work it might not work it might take several passes but really all it is is just them fucking poking her in the back with this needle and i feel really bad for her because she she expresses the pain really well and <laughs> it it makes me sad. Yeah, she does. They said it was a gene therapy treatment. Yeah. I don't know enough about medical procedures to have to weigh in on the credibility of that. But that's what they said. If she was an anamorph, she would have just been able to heal herself by turning into an animal. <laughs> Where's that script? Where's that cut of the movie? The anamorph cut. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, they're part part of the part of the thing about the animorphs. As long as it's not intrinsically linked to your DNA, you can like heal yourself by morphing into whatever. So if you like break your arm, you can okay. turn turn into a bird or a dog or whatever, and then turn back into a human, and your arm is healed. I never read an animorphs book, so I had no idea that was a thing. You learn something new yeah. every day. So as long as it's not genetic, you're cool. This scene is really icky, and I feel really bad for her until she turns into a bitch later, and then I don't feel so bad. Yeah, then it's kind of like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> so Sarah, that night, or some night, I don't know, the time frame in here is not really, it jumps all over the place quite a bit. Uh, Sarah's sleeping and having a dream about, like, cutting her wrists and dropping a glass, I think, with her blood in it like it's it's kind of gr- gross and weird i mean it's a dream sequence so it doesn't have to make sense it, it gives you the idea that she's you know she's struggling with some shit yeah just a little and so is nancy we meet nancy's mom and her mom's <laughs> drunk asshole husband and i hate him a lot and i'm glad for what happens to him later this one is so fucking over the top <laughs> like it's right out of the Judy Bloom handbook of abusive relationships, but it works. It does. Those relationships exist. People like that exist. And yes, there are plenty of girls just like Nancy who grew up in those households. So story checks out. And they're all witches. See what happens when you abuse your children? You turn them into witches. So stop <laughs> abusing them if you're if you're like religious people. Otherwise, they'll be witches. There you go. Yeah. Or abuse them into witchcraft. If you're like, if you're, if you're a witch and you want it to take in your kid, act Christian and abuse your kid so that they rebel and go into witchcraft. And then you can be like, I knew you had it in y'all along. Yeah. Fuckers. Anyways, (laughs) all, all four of the girls go on what Nancy calls a little field trip. They take the bus and they're you know being being edgy teenagers on the bus and everybody's staring at them and they get off the bus and the bus driver goes, watch out for those weirdos. And Nancy, of course, we are those weirdos, Mr. Trailer moment. That's a trailer moment. The girls then are doing this ritual where each one, well, one, one girl will hold a knife up to another girl's throat and say some weird spell thing. Now, Nancy gets to do it to Sarah and you're just waiting for her to just jam that thing into her throat. Yeah, I, you kind of wonder if Nancy <laughs> positioned herself there or if it was just serendipity that did it. But uh, yeah, Nancy aiming that knife at Sarah's throat. It's a little tense. Yeah. Then they're all like sitting in a circle and asking, like they're drinking. They they put their like blood in this wine glass goblet thing and they're drinking. You know, I drink of my sisters and I ask for such and such a power, such and such of this. And then it gets to Nancy. And of course, she's like. I want all the powers of Minot. And then they're like, is that all? Jesus Christ. Like, oh, that's it? 
All right. Well, dream bigger next time, I guess. Something works. Something happens in this scene because there's like wood nymphs or something flying around. I thought they were leaves at first, but I think they're actually butterflies. So Chris, like the next day or several days later or whatever, I don't know, uh, seems really interested in Sarah all of a sudden. He follows her to mass and carries her books. Oh, did, did, did you mention that her wish was for him to like her? We learn later that, that she did a love spell because one of those candles that she bought from lirio the the magic shop lady was to make somebody fall in love with you well she said specifically during the circle jerk thing she was like especially for chris and then she drops a photo of him in the center so chris is carrying sarah's and bonnie's books they go to mass together right and sarah's like hey would you carry these and then she's like oh would you also carry bonnie's she's got a bad back and shit so you know and he's like yeah 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 sure sure he gets made fun of by his friends for simping even though i don't think that term existed yet but that's exactly what he's doing but it's not really his fault no he's under a spell it's out of chris's hands at this point but i'm kind of wondering why is sarah so fucking stupid why would she want this douche nozzle to fucking like her i don't get it like i guess she wanted to kind of humiliate him and make him like fall in love with her so he's so he's like fawning all over her and she can be like no thank you it's because he's good looking and all right whatever you want to say about skeet ulrich you can't deny in the 90s for the 90s he's a very good looking guy i'd rather fuck breckenmeyer yeah but that's because you're a personality guy and breckenmeyer seems more fun maybe i'd rather fuck the homeless guy after after he's dead Oh, well, that's a completely different. You're not supposed to talk about those desires on the show, though, Andrew. We had this conversation. Oh, well, we're hanging out at Bonnie's house in her bedroom. Is is this the most famous scene from the movie? Because it's either this or the we're all the weird. We are the weirdos scene. It, it's one of those two. This is where they end up uh, playing light as a feather, stiff as a board. Which doesn't even make sense because that's not a real witchcraft ritual. Come on. But it's a game we all played as kids because we love Satan. I was like, are they going to bust out a Ouija board next and play Bloody Mary? <laughs> like, come the fuck on. I guess they're all kind of bros now. This is the, we're all hanging out after after the light is a feather stiff as a board because they were, they were having fun. And it was like them finally coming together as one kind of doing this thing. And also, yeah. we, should, we should definitely mention that underneath Rachel True, you can definitely see that they CGI'd out whatever plank was underneath her because her back and her clothes are, like, completely flat. Oh, for sure. You can 100% <laughs> see the effect. Like, that's why I was impressed with the pencil effect because it's a really great practical effect and it looks 100% real because it is. You know, like, they just had a pin, you know, sticking up holding that pencil up, but it looks really good. It does what it needs to do. This, though... uh any composited shots you can see that sam raimi thing you know where like there's the degradation between the one layer and then the other layer of the shot and they use cgi so that there's less degradation than in the sam raimi version you know but yeah it's very obvious yeah there's another there's another shot later where the same thing kind of happens and it looks really weird yeah you you can you can see that cut out oh the are you talking about the scene with the hair yeah because that one i'm like ooh, that hr yep that is exactly every yeah. time i watch that one i'm like god it, mostly everything looks like okay like i'll even forgive the fucking the light is a feather thing because i like the shot and the circle yeah and, you know the shot's really cool but that fucking hair thing no like, it's fine <laughs> because it's a well done version of that shot you know, like it's obviously an effect, but it it's a good looking effect. It's not perfect because like you said, you know, they completely forgot that clothes don't stay flat as a board when you <laughs> lift somebody up in the air. But OK, hey, you know, we can forgive that because it looks pretty good. They did a good job 
it's definitely an effect but it's not a bad one. That hair one, though. The floating head thing is just like, whoa. It's weird to look at. So now, during this little hangout montage, Sarah ends up walking past Christine Taylor's character in the hall and ripping out a piece of her hair, and she's like, you bitch! And she's like, yeah, yeah, fuck you. But they're, they're <laughs> using it for a spell, obviously. So the spell set obviously. up, you, you, set, you set up the spell by braiding her hair into Rochelle's hair. We'll figure out what happens here soon while that's happening i guess nancy is with bonnie doing a spell for her scars they're kind of they're all kind of working together now to make the magic happen you got sarah weaving the hair into rochelle's hair and then you've got nancy like sitting right next to her with bonnie with her shirt off front covered though you know keeping it pg-13 even though it's R. and they're like chanting something i can't remember what it's all implied later that sarah is entirely responsible for all the spells working though <laughs> and nancy hates it okay so now now we're at the pool okay we're at the pool again and we get to see the effects of what that spell has done so of course she's being a being a bitch yeah that's what she does she sits down on the bench after doing her little dive she takes off her little cap and some of her hair comes out with it then more comes out and more comes out and she looks like the toxic avenger fucking pulling her hair off <laughs> i mean i hate to say it but this is this is the one situation where I don't feel the least bit bad for her. Not not like, really. No. Fuck that bitch. No, it gets a little worse later and I'm like, "Ah, well." <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. Like she has a moment where it's almost like she was going to apologize but then she doesn't. And so I'm like, yeah, fuck her. But then this is going to be a racist piece of shit and just like <laughs> treating people like garbage and being racist. Kiss my ass. Then Rochelle does her, does her dive and it works out really well. The coach is like, Oh shit. Little girl's got some, got some mermaid in her or something. I don't know. You know, I wish he would have said something weird like that. <laughs> he doesn't get verbose at all. They gave him like a grunt. Yep. He goes, oh. I don't I don't even think they gave him a word because they didn't want to have to pay him union scale. We're at the hospital now. This is like apparently the first checkup after her first treatment with the gene therapy. And hey, it's magic. Her scars are going to go away. Yes, of course they are. Even though they showed her without the bandages in like one scene back and now she's all bandaged up. So a eh, little inconsistent there. Ah, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Everybody at school, they're waiting for her, because apparently it's been several days since then, and they're like, she's supposed to come back to school today, right? Why is she Why is she late? What the fuck's going on? She shows up, and she's all in a sort of skimpy shirt, and she's looking all hot. Breck and Meyer and the other dude, they're like, hey, 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 Bonnie, uh, nice, uh, nice outfit. You're, you're hot, and I have a boner right now. And she's just like, tee-hee-hee, I know, I'm sexy. Yeah, she's wearing, like, a tank top, and it is very complimentary. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I'm, I'm, they're all sitting outside, like, during lunch in some common area. Nancy is definitely jealous that all of Sarah's spells seem to be working when hers isn't. She's trying to do a spell to kind of get in a better financial situation, and it hasn't been it hasn't been working. But we cut to her trailer, and she's doing the spell again. She's chanting into her mirror and doing her thing. She comes out, and she's in a robe, and the dude gets all fucking... The mom and the, and the stepdad are being kind of chummy, not like in the first scene where she's all pissed at him for not paying any bills or anything. Except then the, the stepdad character, whatever the fuck he is, gets... Hands creepy yeah he makes a joke he's like yeah there's no she's like you're not my dad and he's like yeah your dad was the one who gave your mom like 50 bucks or whatever basically calling calling the mom a hooker and then she like and, uh, playfully slaps him and then he freaks the fuck out and that's not scary well, i don't think all. she playfully slapped him i th <laughs> i don't think she playfully slapped him i think she was pissed really because uh, that, that's not what i got like, out of it i got i got a playful i got a playful vibe from it but maybe it maybe i interpreted it uh, maybe i'm thinking of a different i i don't know i i did not get that it was playful and he like throws her to the ground and is like bitch if you ever fucking did me again i'll kill you 
Something yeah. like that. So this scene gives me a little bit of PTSD, but I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just twitching a little. Well, it takes a positive turn. Yes, it does. In that yes, it does. This fucking asshole suddenly clutching his chest, and you just do that, fella. Also, his name is Ray, by the way. So there's a scene later when Sarah, I totally, like, this This scene happened, and I just forgot about him because I hated him so much. And she's like, <laughs> Sarah, because they, eventually they kill Chris. Oh, no, spoiler alert. And she's like, well, Ray and Chris. And I'm like, who the fuck is Ray? Ray, did the homeless guy get a name? When did the when did they name the homeless guy? And then I had to look it up. <laughs> I Google it. I'm like, um, the craft Ray. And I'm like, oh, it's the stepdad. It's that guy from all those episodes of Law and Order or whatever the fuck he was in. The only thing I know him from for, for sure was uh, Roxanne, starring Steve Martin. Oh wow, he played the guy who owns the store called All Things Dead. What the fuck? What 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 may I ask is in that store? Taxidermy. Oh, okay. And he <laughs> and he invites he invites Roxanne, uh, Daryl Hannah's character, to a Nelson tradition of hot tubbing. I keep on threatening to stuff Dooley when he dies. Nobody. Thinks a lot of that's people do funny. it. A lot of people do it. So this means apparently that Nancy's spell worked. I'm under the impression that Sarah helped. I don't know if she did. So they get life insurance, I guess, money from him dying. Uh, $175,000. And they're super fucking excited about it and they're living this crazy lavish lifestyle afterwards. I'm like, it's $175,000. Chill the fuck out. (laughs) It's $175,000 in 1996 before LA went bug nuts fucking insane with the real estate prices. But with the way they're going, it's only sustainable for maybe like a year or two and even back then, I would imagine with that huge apartment and just buying a jukebox and a couch that you just needed to have for whatever reason. So then the next scene, they learn about glamour. So they're all hanging out in Nancy's house and her room and stuff. And the mom does that thing where she's like, I want to be your friend. And then they're all just like, get the, get the fuck out of here. Stop being weird. In the glamour sequence, you have the worst effect shot of the movie immediately followed by the best effect shot of the movie. Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll get there. Let's talk about this scene real quick because there's a couple things about it that bug me. There's the hair thing, and then <laughs> there's <laughs> there's all the girls are like t- talking to Sarah, like, "Oh, come on, make me blonde. Do this to me. Do this for me." And they're all having fun and stuff. They're like, "What do you want, Nancy?" And she's like, "I want a smaller ass." Did you see her ass? It's barely there. Why does she want a smaller one? Because <laughs> it's the '90s and big asses weren't popular yet. Bullshit, they weren't popular yet. Sir Mix a lot. That song came out in like 1989. Yeah, but it took years to catch on. And I'm not saying that the song took years to catch on, but the idea of the big booty took years to catch on. It wasn't until Beyonce uh, that the big booty really took off. And I'm not talking about Destiny's Child. I'm talking about when Beyonce went solo. Bootylicious time. That was when. (laughs) That was when. Well, all I'm saying is that she is wrong. She can keep her ass just the way it is. Oh, I completely agree with you, but... You know, that was the 90s. In the next scene, Skeet is outside Sarah's window. No radio, though. Like <laughs> You no... can't stop saying it. No, you I can't. You can't call his, him Chris. Chris. His name is Chris. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so this is the, you've, you've seen this scene. He's like, come on, I love you. Oh, and he's like, let's move in together. And she's like, yeah. Uh, no, because he's, he's being really forward about it, but it's her fucking fault. If it were 10 years later, he would have a boombox in this scene. 10 years later, you mean earlier? No, no. Well, earlier or later, 10 years in either direction, and he would add a boombox because in the 80s, everybody was trying to be John Cusack. And in the 2000s, everybody was trying to throw back to John Cusack. Or 
you know what they were actually doing. They were trying to be like that song from Hawthorne Heights, Nikki FM, where he's outside of your window with my radio, which is just referencing John Cusack. Yeah, that's just a reference to John Cusack. Let's go back to the store, back to the magic shop. Okay, fuck it. Let's do it. So all four of the girls are back at the magic store. The Sarah asks the lady, Lirio, how to undo a love spell. And she's like, you just kind of got to let it run its course. And I don't know what that means. I'm like, does that mean like somebody's got to die? Or does it like, ev- does the magic eventually like run out? I kind of gather that that's the case with magic is it's not really clear, at least from a screenwriting perspective. <laughs> In fairness. They did have an actual Wiccan magic advisor and for the movie. That's where they got the everything comes back to you times three, even though there's two characters that don't get shit. Like nothing comes back to them. Well, I think it's because they heeded the warning, you know. But they were assholes. They they, they did shit to people. Oh, yeah. But that shit, like, in fairness, <laughs> what they did to that one girl, <laughs> the Ben Stiller's ex-wife. Nobody was like, justice for her. No, but, but you know, they broke their own fucking movie rules. It's true. It's true. It's true. Minor infraction. Nancy finds a Harry Potter book because it, like, fucking she opens it up and it moves. But it has incantations to invoke the spirit. And that's going to become very important. She's like, I just want to buy the book. And she's like, $25. I'm like, that's more like it. One book for $25, not two books and a bunch of candles for 20 Yeah, that book today... Nancy looks at her and goes, how about that? I have money. And then we get some more (laughs) more post-grunge alternative music as the girls walk onto the beach. And each one has like an animal of some kind. Nancy has a snake, a clownfish, not a goldfish, like a butterfly. I think Rochelle has the Rochelle has the fish because she's the diver. Yep. And Bonnie has the butterfly because she wants to transform. And Sarah has a bluebird. Because she's the opposite of Nancy? I don't know exactly what that's about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So they're and Nancy's doing... a snake because yeah. she's the villain. And it represents, like, stuff. Because I want to make fun of Sarah, uh, Robin Tunney's delivery here in a second. So they're going around. They're they're standing in, you know, they're, they're doing, they're calling the corners. I call upon such and such north, south, east, west. So when they get to Sarah, she does this thing. She's She just delivers this line really weird. She's like, I call upon the watchtowers of the whatever and... And something about the earth. She's north. North. Okay. But she says one word and really long. She's like, earth. And it's really weird. Like she's in some (laughs) kind of trance, even though she's not supposed to be in one yet. I don't think. (laughs) And then, you know, obviously it works. The fucking, the animals all explode or whatever. And Nancy gets struck by lightning. Then they just wake up and then they wake up the next morning. And holy shit, Nancy's walking on water. She's Jesus. God, I bet that scene fucking went over so well with so many people back in the day. (laughs) There were plenty of people. But honestly, the people who it was really going to piss off never made it that far into (laughs) the movie. No, it's just funny. They didn't get past the opening credits, those people. (laughs) And Nancy's crazy is really starting to fucking kick into high gear here. Oh, yeah. Because she's she's dialing it up to 11. The next thing we see, like they hear like sirens and people over like off off screen and they look over and then they run over there and there's just all these dead sharks beached sharks lined up and she's like oh my god these are so beautiful these are my gifts i'm your daughter now i love her delivery here because it's so crazy she like has the perfect crazy thing going on oh yeah just in general this is (laughs) in real life too yeah this is this is where it really becomes her movie because i gotta say Sarah just becomes even more boring at this point. Like (laughs) 
now I give so much less of a shit about Sarah. I'm like, why aren't we following Nancy from here on out? Like, come on. That's the that's the performance I want to see more of. Because you need a fucking hero. I know, but she's such a fucking boring hero. And I'm not blaming Robin Tunney <laughs> for it or anything. It's No, it's the script. It's it's the script. Yeah. They're in Nancy's fucking convertible, this fancy bright red fucking convertible they're driving down the street sarah is now trying to ground these bitches in some kind of reality she's like bonnie you used to be the sweetest person i know now you're just a narcissistic bitch uh rochelle she doesn't she doesn't say shit to rochelle she just says nancy you're fucking paranoid that you're trying that i'm trying to like steal your friends and shit she's like oh not paranoid she's like you are paranoid and they just kind of argue for a minute and then rochelle gets completely left out of the conversation again it's because everyone's on rochelle's side at this point like nobody's feeling sorry for that bitch i'm sorry no one is (laughs) you're a racist and you're a shitty person like fuck you yeah (laughs) I'm cool with I'm cool with whatever Rochelle wants to do on that. This is the point at which Sarah is supposed to become the sympathetic character. This is the point at which we're supposed to side with her because we see the dark path that Nancy's going down. But Feruza Balk is just giving such a magnetic performance. And Robin Tunney has nothing to fucking work with here from a scripting standpoint again i'm not blaming her i'm blaming the writer who is also the director by the way her arguments are utterly uncompelling even though i agree with what she's saying it's like who fucking cares it's way more fun to follow these guys the only thing that actually happens to rochelle is this in the next scene we're back at the pool in the locker room and laura lizzie is just in the shower crying because her hair is just fucking falling out all of it now and rochelle like back now up. she really looks like the toxic avenger <laughs> yes yes she does but now rochelle backs up because she's like oh shit i feel kind of bad for doing this like you can tell that she that she feels kind of shitty but the only thing that happens to her the only fucking thing is that her reflection gets all wonky for a second and then she walks away nothing comes back on her at all yeah i mean she's threatened with it later but it's just a threat but that's but she he- it's a glamour yeah yeah, in fairness, though, well, no, because because what Sarah does is she says by the rule of three times three or something like that, yeah. let them see, you know, like. So I think the idea is she wants them to see what the consequences of their actions are going to be if they don't drop it now. Chris is losing his grip. I wrote down he called Nancy, but he didn't call Nancy. He called Sarah. I'm just fucking I was just had I had Nancy on the brain, I guess. Uh, he called Sarah to ask her out again and he's being creepy about it now. Just like it's getting weird. It's getting even weirder now. Uh she says yes for some fucking reason. Yeah, the thing with Chris at this point like cuz he's definitely a jerk off at the beginning and like I said calculating, so way more dangerous than his jerk off buddies. But like at this point even Sarah says it's all hollow. Like it's just He's like a puppet just going through the actions. And Skeet Ulrich, in fairness, I mean, I could blame bad acting on this, but then if you watch him in Scream, he's really great. So I don't think it's bad acting. I think it is him really portraying the fact that he's not even thinking about what he does and says anymore. Like, he's just a passenger on this train that's going where it's going without him, you know? So even though he's like, he's getting weird and creepy and stuff, the awful part is, is that in this particular case, it actually isn't his fault. Yeah, I was thinking which that. Which is like, a very fucking mixed message to be sending to teenagers. But the way he ends up handling it, that I think could have been avoided if he wasn't a shitty person. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's it's probably one of those situations where like 
you know, like if you drink too much and you black out, you start to run on autopilot and then you really are just following whatever your base personality is, whatever personality you've groomed for yourself. You just follow that shit because you don't have a conscious mind dictating what to do anymore. You know, so if if you black out and you start turning, start just being like a colossal asshole, yeah, you're probably a colossal asshole that's just who you are now he invited her to go to a movie they go park somewhere instead we all know what happens in movies when you just go park somewhere the the guy puts the moves on the girl and she says no because that's what happens in every movie in this This case though she gets out of the car and she runs away and then he tries to force himself on her and then she kicks him in the balls yeah, this is this is kind of teen movie 101. I think Nancy's just kind of out for blood at this point because she's just a bitch. Sarah runs away from Chris, obviously, goes to Rochelle's place, and all the girls end up there, and Nancy says they need to go kick his ass or do something. They just need to go make him pay. They need to do something. I mean, she's carrying some, I guess trauma is the right word, although... You know, like what what the degree is from her relationship with Chris, I'm not sure. They don't really, you know, lead us to they, they give us a lot of indications, but they never explicitly say it. I think he you just know? decided that he didn't like her anymore. Yeah, well, whatever it is, he hurt her and she's still carrying that with her. And now she's basically, I think, got an excuse to take her newfound powers and get a little payback out of it yeah and there just so happens to be a party tonight chris sees her and she just gives him the finger she's not the not the like middle finger she was like you know the come the come hither finger and he's like hey is sarah upstairs and she doesn't say a word she just keeps on giving him the thing and he just follows her upstairs like a fucking dumbass this is his fault now granted (laughs) i think he i think he assumes that sarah's up there so he's just like lovesick puppying his way up the fucking stairs he's also hammered and he's drunk as fuck yeah so he they get up into the room and Nancy starts like forcing herself on him and he's like no dude no but then she does some magic shit. He's too drunk to notice that she changed from Nancy to Sarah because he doesn't go hey you're a witch until she turns back into Nancy <laughs> which is kind of fucked up. I said I said earlier that we got the worst effect shot of the movie. This is the worst effect shot of the movie where she she Nancy covers her face and pulls her hands back over her face and transforms into Sarah and it is the worst floating head effect like the jawline does not come out at the right place it's just it's all wrong the other three girls show up at the party to go make sure Nancy's not going to do anything crazy this is where Christine Taylor shows up in a terrible wig because all of her hair fell out to Rochelle she's just like she's being really nice to her she doesn't apologize you're right yeah it's like for a moment you think oh is she going to apologize, have seen the error of her ways, and this is the moment where we actually think maybe Rochelle is going too far with it? Nope. She's just like, hi. And then it's like, all right, well, you know, after some shit that you did and said, you owe her an apology at the bare minimum. <laughs> like, that is that is bare minimum human decency, and she doesn't even give her that. So, yeah, I'm still like, yeah, Sorry. Fuck you. We get another PG-13, like, heavy petting makeout session because Chris thinks he's making out with Sarah. There's definitely some dry humping going on, but that's as far as it goes. Yep. So the girls come in the door and then they're like, what the fuck? And Chris looks over and then he looks back and Sarah is not Sarah anymore. She is Nancy. And he's like, you're a witch. He's standing up and she's like, you're a dick. Why do you fucking do this? You're not going to do this to anybody else. And he's like, dude, I'm sorry. And it wasn't genuine at all, so I don't really give a shit. She's like floating towards him on her hippie toes that's a great sequence like nancy cracking into full insanity mode is just like i like this sequence a lot yeah she's gone now she's totally gone and she starts wiggling (laughs) shaking her head back and forth going he's sorry he's sorry yeah this scene always scared me 
because it's it's actually kind of terrifying that, that shot of her on her toes just floating across the room towards oh it's fucking great i love it and then she uh lets out this i think she's just a big scream right and she fucking mm-hmm. the the window opens and chris falls out and we get a nice pg-13 death pov no impact here this wasn't supposed to be an r-rated movie so sarah is obviously distraught the next day her dad tries to comfort her a little bit she's like get the fuck out of here man everything i touch turns to shit is what she tells him and that's i'm I'm like that's really sad man so sarah decides she's going to do a binding spell on nancy and that's where she like has a picture of her she like and she wraps up she just wants to keep her from doing harm and it's really good that she covers all the bases harm against other people and harm against yourself so she doesn't want her to get hurt but she doesn't want her to hurt other people because she's a good person sarah has more dreams this time the other girls all fly into her room and try to kill her that's over that's over pretty quick we're back at school and sarah is not handling life well at this point she goes into the bathroom and she's like fucking crying and kind of freaking out the other girls can now magically open the door they can read her mind and nancy's like why do you want to leave the circle she's like i don't she's like yeah you're thinking it right now oh and also don't try any more spells on me they're powerful enough to where they don't need a fourth anymore so we should just kill you because that's what they did in the old days right there's a lot of veiled threats getting thrown around yeah just a little bit and a few not so veiled ones bonnie's the last one to leave the bathroom she's like oh i hope you're sleeping well it's like one of them says i hope you're sleeping well or whatever and she's like how have you been sleeping and with the cutest face but you know she's just evil and then we cut to sarah at the magic store to talk to lirio she's like these bitches are off their fucking rockers i need some help lirio goes uh okay let's go into let's go into my back room wink wink but really it's just it's just a temple it's it's a good thing that's actually that was what i was looking for is mcguffin the mcguffin room it's the it is the mcguffin room she also learns that her mom was a witch apparently her mom was a witch she's been wearing this ring the whole time and lirio the magic (laughs) shop lady has mentioned it that she mentioned it once before but she's like you know that your mom learns it yeah i mean this lady says it to her and she just takes it on faith like she doesn't actually know i mean all right admittedly the movie story information uh you know she's got the natural powers and stuff like that the indication is definitely there but it's not like it's not like she finds her mother's diary entries or something like that that actually yeah probably so lirio suggests then that sarah should invoke the spirit invoke the spirit that's it and sarah's like yeah look what it did to nancy it fucked her up made her crazy and we also learn that that the spirit like it's not good or bad you can you can use it for evil purposes but it's uh but it's more about who is using the power rather than the power itself yeah the idea is that it's completely neutral it's all up to the person using it they start doing the ritual but apparently they're the, these girls are glamoring the shit out of this place too i would imagine that this this very powerful witch lady would have some like protections against that kind of shit you'd think that but <laughs> because you the, know. the front of the store blows up but it doesn't actually blow up no it then immediately goes right back to the way yeah. it was before so and so so that that's doesn't stop sarah from running the fuck out of there no it doesn't so yeah sarah then goes home to an empty house nancy calls her on the phone and tells her that both of her parents are dead her stepmom and her dad they're dead and that she should watch the report on the tv about how he just he flew to san francisco or from san francisco to la and they crashed in the plane but of course that's just a glamour of course of course of course i just wrote glamour glamour on that note with a u yeah it's pretty obvious Ooh, getting all fancy on me then there's some snaky shadows as she's running outside but then there's real snakes and all sorts of other critters running around the whole fucking house and it's really gross and icky and they're all real and this is this is one of the best sequences of the entire movie it's not the 
you know, it's not the trailer sizzle moment, but as far as filmmaking goes, this is aside from performances, because again, um, Feruza Balk does give some amazing performance moments. But as far as filmmaking, like the art of, uh, of being a filmmaker, not necessarily the actor this is probably the strongest moment of the movie for me anyway oh yeah and apparently robin tunney was a good fucking sport the only thing she didn't want to do was have the have the rodents dropped on her yeah i could totally tell that they had a double (laughs) in that scene in that one shot because like the shoulders are all different and everything yeah that was a fake shimp moment yeah sam raimi and bruce campbell refer to it it was pretty obvious too but that's okay sarah ends up like in the shower and then nancy's there and she tells her that she should just kill herself nancy goes like does something really weird and like childlike she like flips on the shower and then runs away and like the shower doesn't do anything it's yeah just a shower nancy's just kind of vamping it up now she she's just running high and hot and i love it like that was probably a feruza bulk improv and they're just like fuck it we don't have time to reshoot that let's just keep it <laughs> it was good there's subtext to it you know like or, or at least i feel like there are layers to it like you know, you got like the old uh, uh, Wizard of Oz, you know, Water Kills the Witch. Oh, yeah. Well, she was Dorothy. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I just I felt like it was a really good move. Sarah runs downstairs. She sees all the the other three girls. They're all there. Nancy says that Sarah's going to kill herself tonight because she's so distraught over the fact that she killed Chris, but she didn't kill Chris. They even wrote her a nice note for her, you know, and also the three. It says, I killed Chris. Sorry. <laughs> very very detailed this is where the wrist cutting happens like she's like look at it what's wrong with your wrists and then she holds them out and then like nancy slices them but she's sarah's like it's fake it's fake she's like then why are you still bleeding with her crazy delivery she is so keyed up at this moment (laughs) like she's running at five thousand rpm so yeah so sarah kind of starts freaking out she runs upstairs to clean herself off and then she's she's dying at this point but again it's it's cut the other way the the her wrists are cut the other way not the quote-unquote right way from the beginning of the movie so yeah so well yeah at this point she decides to you know she's like all right gotta go for broke because i'm dying now so she just lies down and decides to invoke the spirit now she's Uh, inspired by her mother she sees a picture of her mother at first she like lays on the floor and i think she's just like ready to give up and die then she sees the picture of her mom and then she starts doing the spirit thing and then the picture of her mom starts moving and looking at her but it's like you know like in an approving (laughs) supportive way not in a creepy way yeah so nancy's obviously not the one doing it so then nancy she she tells the other two she's like what the fuck's taking her so long is she dead yet why don't you two get the fuck up the stairs and go check on her and they're like no this has gone like way too far and then nancy of course is like i'm gonna fucking stab you to death if you don't go upstairs because she has lost the plot she is done and this is where we get our comeuppance moment. Uh, well, yeah. Threatened comeuppance moment. Yeah. All it is is the two girls seeing themselves in the mirror. Bonnie's all scarred, like on her face and everything now. And then uh, Rochelle's hair is falling out. But it's just a glamour. Even worse, because remember, you know, it comes back three times. So Bonnie's scars are way worse. Yes. And Rochelle's hair loss is way worse. They're not okay with that. They run out of the house. They're like, sorry, Nancy, we're fucking, we're going to go now because they're really good friends. They don't even pause. They just shoot out the door. Nancy's like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> and they're just like, bye. Uh, so Sarah heals and then Nancy comes upstairs. Yeah, you get to see that not so great healing effect, but it's all right. It, it's like the board, the, the light is a feather, stiff as a board effect. It's fine. It's just so obviously an effect. Uh, now Sarah can like morph into a mirror and shit. She's like inside the mirror. Nancy's looking at it. Nancy sees herself, but fucking 
she walks away and then Sarah comes out of the mirror. It's kind of, it's pretty creepy. And she tells Nancy that Mano says that she's in trouble for abusing his gift. Basically. She's like, you're in deep shit. And uh, now we get the battle that honestly I've been wanting this, the entire runtime of this movie. I'm like, let's get to the good stuff. Now we're at the good stuff. I didn't, I I don't hate anything leading up to this except for that one effect. But this is the part that is just, this is just fun. This is just pure fun. So Nancy's fingers like turn into snakes before they actually start fighting. Sarah's fucking with her now. She her fingers turn into snakes. She's got cockroaches all over her body, but it's 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 just a glamour, of course. But she's just trying to scare her, crawling out of her mouth and shit. Oh, it's uh, it's pretty it's gross. Good. And then Nancy's pretending. I think she I think she's actually scared. She's like, I know I'm a little crazy. Just please go easy on me. I'm scared. Nancy is about to leave and give up, but Sarah tries the binding spell again. This pisses off nancy so fucking much because nancy was about to leave nancy goes low pan on her she really wants to be able to hurt people but she's not even using witch powers anymore she's just trying to stab her now she's she got that that freaky knife that they used in the in the ritual earlier oh yeah nancy's now knife. carrying it around all the time so and now yeah, like, she just goes after her yeah i guess there's a little witchy stuff she does like push her up against the wall with like magic-y flying stuff that thing that she oh yeah she they have like the the inception gravity thing happens and yeah so they're it's, up a, ag- it's a pretty awesome fight so they're up against the wall and then a big fucking thing comes and like crushes sarah i think it's like a dresser or something and then it, one of those big 90s dressers that's made that came from like pier one imports or some shit did it just disappear or did they did did they move it no she like moves it out of the way after it quote unquote crushes sarah nancy just kind of shoves it aside and then uh there's sarah oh oh, and there's like all this garbage and shit that fell down on top of them too and sarah has disappeared beneath it this is probably my least favorite part of the entire movie right here because it's so anticlimactic you know nancy's digging through all the shit and then she ends up finding sarah's clothes and i'm like you know exactly how it's gonna happen (laughs) sarah like like inflates or appears reappears and then in just that, in that 90s morphing in it's that morphing effect is what it is they're they're leaning no, heavy on it at the end there no you know what it is the fact that she doesn't do anything magical she just like poofs into existence and kicks fucking nancy i'm like fuck off she kicks her into a mirror like nancy goes fucking flying those are those grasshopper kicks that you were talking about that common writer should have used yeah exactly oh i'm still pissed off about that uh the mirror breaks and sarah gets to finish the binding spell to make sure that nancy doesn't hurt anybody or herself and and that's kind of done nancy doesn't (laughs) no uh the next day i don't know again again it seems like it's probably not the next day it's several days from now rochelle and bonnie come to kind of apologize to sarah i think they're trying to like keep sarah around because they know she like has magic that she can use and use it for them because they're still bitches. I think they don't want Sarah to fucking and or carry <laughs> out the threat she made in that glamour. Yeah, def- definitely that too. They ask like, "Do you still have powers?" And Sarah's like, "Does Sarah say no?" I don't think she says anything. I think they kind of ramble a little bit. Then they're like, "Maybe we should just fuck off." She's like, "Oh, I bet she doesn't have any powers, anyways." And then as they're walking, pretty sure it's Sarah. Summons some lightning, knocks down a tree branch right in front of them, and she's like, "You know, guys, uh, maybe you should get the fuck out of here." <laughs> This, she's actually become an interesting character now. 
Yeah, right at the end of the movie. <laughs> She's kind of a badass now. So, yeah, I like that. I like ending Sarah. So then we cut to Nancy. Nancy. Nancy's in an asylum. And it's the most disturbing fucking shot. It's fucking weird. She's just this is tied. a great closer. Yes. She's tied to the bed and she's like, it's I'm fucking he gave me power and I can fly. And then the lady gives her a shot and she's like, yeah, he gave you something, but it wasn't power or whatever. <laughs> she has this great natural reaction where she's like ranting and ranting and then she's like ow 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 like and (laughs) it's the cut between what she's rambling about and the ow is so real it is i'm I'm wondering did she she was probably like just stab me in the butt with a real needle maybe maybe she's method like that i don't know so but suffice to say it devolves into the nurse walks out and then she's just kind of there like he gave me power. Huh? I can fly. I'm flying. I'm flying. <laughs> and she's like way over the rainbow with the crazy at this point. And I, it's such a great ending for me. Watching it this time made me really want to watch the sequel uh, because I know they're never going to find someone who's as perfect in the role as Feruza Balk was as Nancy. Like they're never going to find that kind of dream casting choice again. I mean, maybe they will, but the odds have to be slim to none because and I know I'm a fanboy, you know, and I know I'm prejudiced on this, but Feruzabalk as Nancy is one of the best casting choice. It's like Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. You know, it's like the casting was so good that the movie didn't deserve it, quite honestly. <laughs> but OK, so they're never going to come across that again. But what they could do is they could do the script right and make Sarah an interesting protagonist. And you could have a strong villain comparatively you could still have a strong villain it's obviously never going to reach those heights but if you compensated with a strong protagonist you could end up with an even better movie than this it was a good effort for the most part so i haven't seen the sequel (laughs) i don't know but this makes me want to watch it I definitely want to watch it now. It didn't get received very well, but I'm sure it's at least as good as this. Like, it's 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 one of those. It's kind of hard to mess up if you try a little. It's one of those things where, like, I have to wonder how much people walked into it just having decided already that they weren't going to like it just because it's taking something beloved from their childhoods or something or something that they've built up probably to be bigger than it is. Because, like I said, this actually, from a filmmaking standpoint, this movie's got a lot of problems. But it's a very fun movie. I, I, I'm i not trying to shit on it or anything like that, but it's not a good movie. It's a fun movie. You know, like people act like these old properties that they get attached to are the holy grail and that they actually were the greatest. When in reality, it's being young that was the greatest. And you, it, it takes you back to that time, you know. So I'm I'm very curious to see where they go with it. You know, it's like I enjoyed the new Black Christmas. It doesn't compare to the original Black Christmas, but it was still a pretty fun movie. You just can't spend too much time comparing it to that original so yeah like i'd like to see where they go with the sequel final thoughts on fucking the craft it's a 90s blast you know like it's a it's just a bucket of fun that is so 90s that it's practically got a hoobastank tattoo um yeah Hoobastank was the late 90s, though, so, I mean, I guess this is... We're, we're coming up on the late 90s. It was 96. That's Anyways. mostly what I think of when I think of the 90s, is I think of the late 90s. I don't really think of the early 90s as the 90s, because the early 90s was basically the late 80s. 
my final thoughts. It's a good movie. Go watch it. Well, you know, good good in the fun way. It's a cult classic for a reason. It's, it's a nice double feature with Scream. Watch this one first and then close the night with Scream. Yes. It's uh, the, yes. Th- the two would... Don't do that in reverse order. No, don't do not do that at all. I mean, unless unless this is your favorite 90s horror movie. Yeah, but if that's the case, then you already know. I'm, we're, we're mostly <laughs> yes. talking to the unadvised. You want to do a double feature with this. This one first, then Scream. Yes. So that'll do it. That that That's the craft man and we're done we're done forever forever meaning until this next is week this is the final <laughs> episode for this week if you want to hear us talk about more shit or you know post occasionally on some things uh you can follow us on everything at the shark pod oh and this one if you actually want us want to hear us talk about more shit but you know pay for it because it's way more special you can come to our patreon and listen to us talk about all the friday the 13th movies and all a bunch of fucking asylum mockbusters where some of them are good some of them are bad but they're all worse than what they're fucking <laughs> copying <laughs> but that's okay that's kind of the vibe so you can go to patreon.com slash sharks across hollywood and check that shit out a dollar a thousand dollars that doesn't fucking matter you can give us as much as you want or as little i prefer as much your kids don't need i've said it before i'll say it again if you give us a thousand dollars i will personally send you a dick pic not of my dick but i will send you a dick pic upon request <laughs> i don't send them unsolicited okay just had to get that disclaimer out there we're gonna be back next week yes next week with clerks we're going to talk about clerks because clerks 3 is coming out and it ju- it just needs to be done you know it's about time i'm shocked it took us this long i thought after we did mall rats it was going to be maybe three months tops it's going to open the floodgates clerks uh nope <laughs> we're going to hit clerks i was so wrong now we're going to hit clerks now and then it's going to be the last kevin smith movie until fucking next year i don't know (laughs) so yeah come back next week listen to us talk about clerks and probably lots of star wars because we're gonna you know because kevin smith likes to talk about star wars and hockey and black and white movies in general so come back next week and here listen to us talk about clerks but until then stay jossom